Welcome to Stock Odds, Odds and End podcast. I'm Dave Singh here with Rob Friesen, getting ready for the week ahead. Good evening, Rob. How's everything? Not too bad. It looks like we're coming to the end of January. And yeah. uh, we got Another. kind of to cover this, the, the final stages of January plus uh, beginning of February here. So this is a, an important meeting. And it's also, it's really good, like we've mentioned on the show before, to look at how things closed the week and you know what kind of emphasis there was and, and and even to discuss you know why things have played out the way they have and as we look forward that might help us with some insights and then the same thing when you come to the end of the month like do a really good review which would be on tuesday after the close do a really good review and then um, of course we start the new month on on wednesday right so um is that correct? Do I got my calendar right here? Yep, Wednesday is the yep, first. Okay, Wednesday is the first of February. All right, so um, why don't you take away and uh, talk about what kind of economic reports are on the horizon here? Yeah, so this week we have a couple key things. On uh, Tuesday, there's some employment data and the Case-Shiller Home Price Index, along with Consumer Confidence. So you'll have that in the backdrop. But the key thing this week is going to be on Wednesday. They have the federal funds rate announcement. And then Jerome Powell has this news conference at 11.30 a.m. Uh, or sorry, 2.30 p.m. Eastern. So that's going to be it, the main thing the market's going to be watching, as well as the employment report on Wednesday to see if uh, there's any signs of um, the job market cracking finally. Because uh, that's one of the things that's thought of. Uh, if, if the job market cracks, then the Fed will be satisfied that their work is done but if the job market is strong that they still have more work to do and they can should keep rates higher for longer and then thursday we have initial jobless claims again and friday unemployment rate and non-farm payroll so a lot with employment some with housing but the key thing will be wednesday when um, jerome powell speaks and we have the fed funds yeah let me let me interject here so you know one theme that we've always looked at is is follow the Fed, right? Now we understand that the Fed has to use a lot of data, lagging data, um, predominantly because they don't know the future, neither do we. Um, and so, you know, they make decisions and it's always a question. Everybody's either on board with the Fed or they're criticizing the Fed for what they do. Um, but I mean, they have a mandate and that is to, um, you know, keep a target inflation and uh, in employment. Um, so, you know, this is all all this stuff this week is you know, relevant um, in terms of employment and, um, and, you know, what happens with this meeting. We're expecting a quarter a basis point hike. Um, so that's, you know, that's what's expected. Um, I don't think that it would be much different than that. You know, they they already kind of played their hand out. They've been very transparent. So. The target rates going to 450 to 475 um, ultimately as well. Um, you know, incoming data has been pointing to a bit of a slowdown, a little bit of deaccelerating price pressures. So uh, it might be might be in lines. I mean, it, it might go completely as expected. So what does that mean? I mean, the market's factored in everything that it knows or can expect. We've already seen these green shoots uh, throughout January of, you know, uh, hey, the Fed's not going to be as aggressive or may not uh, not leave it there 
you know, as long as it, as it was originally projected last year. So, um, they, you know, market's always hopeful, right? It just, they, they really are addicted to low, the low cost of money for a variety of reasons and, um, you know, and stimulus and things like that. So, uh, the market's been hopeful again, that, um, we get some pressure off on this rate hike and that what the Fed's been doing has been working. Now I have a, I saw that article from Mish Talk. I would recommend you guys look at it. It's um, his breakdown of all of the employment um, situation. And you know, you can look at it yourself. But basically, full full-time employment is down 288,000 since March and down by 444,000 since May. So, you know, all the jobs that have been added recently are really these part-time type jobs. It's, it's a lot of data that he's dug into and broken down. And of course, he acknowledges that there could be some errors because there is some breakdowns missing. Um, but I would recommend looking at that's under mishtalk.com and his latest report on employment. I think it's worth the read. Um, so, all right, uh, that that report, uh, the Fed's going to come out on Wednesday, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. So fasten your seatbelts. Again, it may not be a huge uh, mover, but you never know. You never know. And it's a lot of times during the testimony. So not not always right when the announcement comes out, there can be some knee-jerk reaction and so on. But often during the testimony, there's questions that are asked, the way it's answered, you get more color and uh, the market can move on that. Now let's talk about why January has, you know, been fairly robust. We have a lot of tech stocks that are well off their bottom, uh, even if they've had some good moves. I would challenge you to just do this. Take a lot of these tech stocks, just put them in a chart, and look at the pressure that was on them in December. Okay, after a bad year already, right? I mean, I know we had a bit of a bounce, mostly in the Dow, for October, but just take a look at what happened in December, right? On the Teslas and the NVIDIAs, and I mean, on and on you can go. Look at the December chart, then look at the January chart. You can tell that the pressure was on, the selling was for most of the month, the selling stopped on December the 28th, and December the 29th and December 30th, you saw them bounce up slightly. Okay, so there was no more selling pressure. And the reason is that the last day of tax loss selling was the 28th of December. Now, fast forward into January, people that sold the first week of December said, oh, I'm going to take my tax loss. They were rebuying 30 days later. The people that sold in the second week of, Jan of December are buying 30 days later. So the second week of January and third week and so on. And so that means that there's still potentially some people that wanna buy this week. And so uh, the backdrop of seasonality in January suggests that the last five days, the last three days and the last trading day of the month could be down. 
as they have been historically, which means we usually have more of a mid-month January effect. And this one has had that and expiration. And then afterwards, we were still bullish. So um, there's there's still that continuing buyback pressure after the 30-day wash sale rule. And that may, again, continue this week as well and override our seasonality. We have to acknowledge that all the time. We have to say, what are the conditions that favor the almanac? What, what conditions oppose it? And everything's probability-based, and we use context, stuff like that. Now, that doesn't mean that everything in the seasonality calendar is a bust. You know, gold was supposed to produce... Um, 5.5% for the month, I believe it was. And, it, you know, it, it's done more than that. Well, no, actually, sorry, gold was was over 3, I think 3.3%. Uh, and then GDX, the senior miners, was the one that was at over 5. Um, and if you look at those, those have beaten the expectations. So they went the way of expectations, literally from the very first trading day of the of the year first trading day of the month, and they've continued to uh, perform. So not everything is always a bust, but there are some times where some other force, some other conditions, especially in this area of the most beaten down group, which was the tech stocks, down over 31% for the year, we've seen money come back into that space, and that's where the leadership has been. So it's been leadership in the NASDAQ first, then in the Russell, and then in the SPY, and finally in the Dow. Now, the Dow did do well in the first week or two, like first week for sure, and then kind of like started tapering and, and, and you know, declining a little bit while the other markets uh, surged ahead. So NASDAQ got off to a slow start in January, but it really picked up speed as the uh, tax rebind came through. Okay, back to you, Dave. Carry on with um, maybe some earnings and then some seasonality. So, uh, again, there's lots of earnings out this week. Um, on Monday, we have things like NXPI, the chips. We have Whirlpool, Philips, so some industrials, some chip stocks. Tuesday, there's um, AMD. That can be an eventful one. So that can affect the NASDAQ and, and other chip stocks. Also, things like Amgen, Corning, ExxonMobil. So a lot of big cap, Caterpillar, big cap um Stocks are having earnings, international paper, McDonald's. And then on Wednesday, there'll be Meta. So again, that'll affect the FANG group. Meta earnings on Wednesday. Um, many others as well, eBay. Um, and then uh, <clears throat> on uh, Thursday, Apple. That's a key one. So Thursday will be Apple. And then uh, there's just so many here. <laughs> so it's, it's a big week for earnings. If, if yeah. You I mean, and Friday as well. We have these weeks where just, you know, the majority of S&P 500 and others are jammed into into the week, you know. And so uh, it's it's kind of like tiptoeing through landmines, you know, yeah. uh, when you do your trades. Um, and, you know, you can scrub the ones that have earnings if you want. Sometimes they can actually be very favorable if they're gapping a lot. But, you know, it's up to you. Yeah, but AMD, Meta, and Apple, I think, are the most uh, noteworthy ones for the week. And that's going to, again, affect the NASDAQ quite a bit. And then in terms of seasonality, we have three events, basically, this week. We have last day of January, which is on Tuesday. And then we have um, the first day of February and then also the first Friday of the month. Three different things to get from the seasonality calendar 
But for the last trading day of the month, um, it's suggesting things like gold, silver, utilities, and um, are, are, are to be longer, and shorter things like the SMH uh, and some financials and materials. And But then for the first day of the trading month, um, it's again risk on. Um, the ARC funds are usually doing pretty good. SMH, SOX, XLK, so the NASDAQ things are more bullish, and things like real estate and utilities and staples more bearish. So the first day of the month, more of a risk on kind of uh, tone. And then for the first Friday of the month, um, again, we have oil, um, some biotech, financials and gold longer, and then a de-risking. Things like ARC, K, ARC, all the ARC, ARC funds are expected to do poorly on that first Friday, as well as um, some of the chips. So it kind of goes back and forth from day to day. But um, we see we see this a lot, like like the the last day of the month to the first day of the month, or the first day of the month to the first Friday of the month. This flip flop, um, right. and and a lot of it, you know, has been bang on too. So, um, you know, do check your calendar. Um, you know, use it as part of your strategy. Um, it can be one of the ducks that you line up for sure if you're thinking about curating you know, some of the signals and the, the subsequent odds and average performance, uh, seasonality can certainly be that for you too. One of the ducks. But the theme really is final day of the month, de-risking, first day of the month, re-risking, right? That's that's shown in the types of... Well, and that's, that, that's nine out of 12 months of the year where you have the turn of the month effect that's very pronounced, which which can be a great thing if we want to talk about swing trades. If you wanted to curate for, you know, a three day or five day or 20 day swing trade, uh, what a good starting point on the last day. If the last day does, you know, you can have everything prepared. And if the last day does show itself to be a nice down day, you know, taking the trades at the close for the start of your pure time frame for swing trades can be very generous. Um so and there's lots of imbalances the last day of the month as well. So, you know, it's some good good liquidity. And sometimes if something's been really weak for the month, they, you know, do dump them. If it's been really strong, there can still be a little bit of window dressing. But the, the major reason, whenever you see a pattern, you have to ask, what's the fundamental reason for it? And the fundamental reason for the last trading day of the month to often be down more than you know, 50% of the time, it's it's closer to 75 or 80% of the time. So um, the reason is the institutions deleverage for their focus reports, right? So um, there's that monthly obligation. And so they leverage up during the month, deleverage at the end of the month, and then re-leverage in the beginning of the new month again. So there's a real fundamental reason for that. Also, you have 401k um, payroll deposits, things like that, also on the first and second day of the new month. And mutual funds, a lot of times, buy on the first and second day of the month after analyzing how the month before went. There's also you know, lots of strategies where people tend to press whatever was strong for you know, one month. They say, well, well we're going to you know, le leverage up on those the beginning of the, the new month too. So there, there's a lot of things surrounding this and, and the reasons for these patterns. Okay. Um, anything else from your end there? Well, I was just studying um, 
where stocks are relative to their 52-week lows. And so many of them have huge rallies, like you're saying, especially the right. Chinese stocks, PDD, uh, First Well, Solar. and part of that's the reopening, right, of, of uh, you know, China, you know, just taking the travel restrictions off and stuff. Doesn't mean they can't come again and lock everything back down because we just had the, you know, Chinese New Year and uh, uh, the travel all over and travel was huge this year. So because it was the last couple of years that was uh, under pressure, obviously, not being able to travel. So, yeah. uh, you know, who who knows? This whole thing could start over again. But for now, uh, there's a reason why these Chinese stocks have really come uh, rallied back and so on. But even within the S&P 500, there's things that are up 20 to 100 percent plus. So, right. It's quite eventful. So. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so anything else? That's it from here. So um, I just, you know, we do have things escalating in the Ukraine and Russia, and we have things escalating in the Middle East now as well. With um, so there were some coordinated uh, drone attacks on fis- munitions facilities and so on in Iran as well. So uh, just things are just things he- heating up overall, and you know. More nations with a supply of tanks and arms are getting drawn into this. So, uh, and these are NATO countries. So, to me, um, this is a NATO war that's was originally maybe a bit more proxy, and is is becoming, um, you know, more of age here. I guess is is as literally, you know, major major types of arms, including sophisticated uh, tanks, are going to be heading over there. Um, I don't know how long it takes to get uh, all this stuff there, but this is to me a, a major escalation, and yeah. it's uh, you know it's it's for the purpose of uh, pushing uh, the aggressor out of the country and so on. But uh, I don't know how it all ends. None of us do. Uh, I just think you have to be mindful of uh, significant escalation and, you know, greater risk. I think the people that managed the doomsday clock uh, moved it ahead uh, a couple notches. Uh, what is it now? 90, 90 seconds, seconds to midnight. midnight. Yeah. 90 seconds to midnight. So, um, you know, they study these things. They're more intelligent than I am. And um, they say this is not good. <laughs> this isn't good. <laughs> so, um We'll leave you on that uh, wonderful, uh, hopeful future <laughs> note. <laughs> the, fu- the future is bright, right? <laughs> All right, you guys. Um, good trading, everyone, this week. Again, fasten your seatbelts. It is uh, e- lots of economic reports, the Fed announcement, um, big earnings week, uh, end of the month, start of the new month. So um, I I often have seen a transition uh, coming out of January and into February, especially in the second week of February. We've had a lot of different events over the years suddenly up here in February, and we had a a big change from what we had just prior to that. So, again, be careful, fasten your seatbelts, stay hedged, stuff like that if you can. And um, that's it from from, uh, Dave and I. Thanks. Good luck.